I just want to welcome you to the Made for More podcast, and this is the segment where we answer questions from the previous Sunday's sermon. Let's go. And so this is proving to be kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so I got Josh with me again. What is going on? And uh, I think we enjoy your questions uh, a, a lot. In fact, it's fun for us to even talk about them before yeah. the podcast starts. Yeah, we get we get to nerd out. It's, it's yeah. really a good time. Before we get into the questions, I would love to just take a second and give a shameless plug for the Church Center app. If you're listening to this and you haven't downloaded the app yet... It is actually really awesome. If you serve on any kind of Trinity team, you can see all your requests in that spot. You can register for events. So just quick, shameless plug. Now, Mike, what are our questions for today? Okay, so we have, uh, I I was going through them earlier this morning, looking through the the questions that came our way, and I I narrowed it down to three and a half. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. For sure, three, and then there's a a potential for a fourth one if we have time. But I do think we're going to cover the content of the fourth question in some of the sermons and probably okay. subsequent conversations. So if we don't get to the fourth one, that's okay. But definitely three clear ones. All right, first question. And I'll try to give context to these a little bit too. Actually, I'll go through all three and then we'll walk okay. through them. So first question out of the three is, how do we align our feelings with God? Mm. Which is So that came in different ways where it, it people, well, so much is tied into how we feel so much of our how we view the world is, and feelings aren't bad, yeah. but a number of things came through going, I don't, my feelings aren't aligning with what I think God wants of me or wants me to view the world. What do I do about that? Mm-hmm. So um, we'll talk about that. Second question that came our way is how do you manage harmony in really hard situations? So like trying to pursue harmony the previous Sunday, if you've not listened to the sermon, you should just back up to the last thing on yeah. the podcast. And um, we talked about how God is the prime conductor, and we're trying to all come into harmony with him as the primary setter of what. So like, yep. I'm not the center of my own story. The definer of what love is, the definer of what kind is, is God himself. Yeah. He is the prime conductor. And so the question is, how do you manage harmony Like when you're in a situation where it's not harmonious and there's nothing you can do about it? Right. At least it feels like there's nothing you can do about it a number of questions came at us that were tied into variants of that. Uh, And then the third one is kind of almost a fun one, uh, but it was a good question too. It was kind of an offhanded comment in in the sermon relating to a C.S. Lewis quote about competition. Mm -hmm. And so uh, people, I kind of think they were half joking, but it was kind of fun. They replied with, okay, so Pastor Mike is competition bad. And so we'll have fun with that. Let's go. I think too. And then, and the last question I'm not even going to read because I don't know that we'll get to it. Okay. First one, how do we align our feelings with God? Josh, first things to pop into your mind, what do you think? Wow. I like this question because I feel like it recognizes right away the possibility of our feelings maybe misleading us. Yeah. Um, so I like it right away. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that's helpful, but I can say... Um, as I'm thinking about it, already that's a good premise, already a good start that our, our feelings could be misleading us. Um, and then what's coming to my mind, still not an answer, but yeah. is just that feelings are messengers. You say that all the time. Yeah. They're great messengers, but not good masters. Yeah. So the saying, yeah, the saying that we use in our house, which I've talked about this from the pulpit before. I think my wife actually came up with it, mm-hmm. uh, but feelings, I, I'll hear her say this to our kids, one, <laughs> one child in particular a lot, 
So she'll get down and she'll look at this child of ours and say, feelings <laughs> make great messengers, mm-hmm. but terrible masters. Mm-hmm. So feelings are not bad. Right. And, uh, and we do, I, I think I, w- I just want to initially say the natural swing of the pendulum is we want to, if we feel, if we feel, if we feel like our emotions are leading us astray or bringing us to painful mm-hmm. places, then we want to assume that feelings are, are, are bad, but feelings right. are not inherently bad. Yeah, no. Um, they are a God-given tool uh, that give us the ability to enjoy and participate in life in yeah. powerful ways. Yeah. Um, I know even for me, when I'm working with couples where one of them is like Asperger's or on the mm-hmm. autism scale, um, one of the hardest things is it feels like one person is participating emotionally. Right. And um, so I, I just want to begin by saying emotions aren't bad. Yeah. I, I One way I've heard it, and I think of it still this way as like lights on the car dashboard. So um, e- you're totally right that if constantly our check engine light is coming on, we might want to just like, you know, shatter the light so it can't come on anymore. Right. But really that light is just telling us that there is something going on. So right. it's just a messenger and that's good to acknowledge like feelings aren't aren't bad, but they're making us aware of something going on under the hood. That's right. You know, in our lives. And I think it's important too in our, uh, so like we, 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 we want to always feel right about things. Yeah. We're always in the pursuit of feeling right about things. And I do think there are seasons in life or situations where you just might not feel right about it. Yeah. Maybe for a temporary time yeah. and maybe for long extended periods of yeah. time. And we in the West do not do well with discomfort. Right. Um, we're always, we want to medicate. We want to, we always want to tamper down any kinds of, of, of discomfort. Yeah. Discomfort, and so I do think initially, how do our how do we align our feelings with God? I think it begins by choosing. I mean, yeah. faith in the Bible is yeah. way less of a feeling and yeah. way more of a commitment to future action. Yeah, right. So the first thing that we do is like, I'm going to commit to godly action. Right, and I might I might be doing it before my feelings come along. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, I can share a story here. And if you know me, you may be able to discern where and who this is about. But I was uh, years ago, like serving in a situation uh, with, you know, serving meals to uh, underprivileged people, difficult situation. And I remember a specific person um, who really smelled very bad, you know, coming yeah. up and wanting to like give me a hug. And I'm thinking like, man, this doesn't <laughs> feel good right now. Right. And I do remember truly like over the course of weeks, like doing that anyway and just saying, I'm going to show love because like that seems like the right thing to do in this. This person right. wants to experience love. And um, over the course of time that actually became something that was meaningful for me is like this person not all the way mentally there right and you know wanting to experience love and uh yes yeah, so, but it was a time where in my mind i was like my feelings are not matching up right now because i'm odd situation you know right that's right and i i do think that um feelings should not be ignored i think you should acknowledge yeah. feelings um, which you, th- that your example is really good. It's okay to acknowledge feelings yeah. and have honest conversations about them, uh, but they should not necessarily be the master 
of right. your life decisions right. and actions. Yep. You can look at your feelings and say, should I follow this or not? That's right. Yeah. And I mean, there's m- many times in many situations I know and talking with people, whether it's gambling or whether mm-hmm. it's an affair or whether it's, yeah. I mean, it's like, gosh, there are times your feelings will give you the ability to enjoy life in beautiful ways. But there are also times your feelings will lead you into very painful, awful, dangerous places that yeah. will hurt you and others. Yeah. And so, uh, it's not that feelings are bad, right. but you must ask the question, what is my prime compass? Yeah. And the prime compass is honor the Lord. Yeah. And it seems like the person or people asking this question are kind of acknowledging that and then saying like, okay, how do I align my feelings with God? And I think if I was to actually answer that after we've kind of given this precursor and yeah. uh, prefaced it, I would say like the Psalms help us to understand that. This, the book of Psalms... Um, m- all of the Bible really is given to us uh, as God speaking to us, but the book of Psalms is unique in all yeah. the Bible in that it gives us words to speak back to God. So instead of speaking to us, the book of Psalms speaks for us. So something that we can do that the Psalms direct us in is offer our honest feelings to God. That's right. And and that really is the beginning. And I know, right. you know, counselors would tell you, like, if you try to shove a feeling down, it's just going to pop up somewhere else, you know? <laughs> right. There's no reason to uh, deny what we're actually feeling, but we can find the appropriate places in Christian community and certainly with God to just offer our real feelings, say, God, this is how I'm feeling, and I believe this is what you want. And allow God to begin to fill that gap. Right. Well, and the the word that I would use, I'm going to use a Christian history yeah. word, but it's confession. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. uh, there are two sides to confession. Confession is confession of what I've done. Yeah. Um, and confession as honesty to what's going on inside That's right. of me. Yeah. And so there are times where in Christian confession, you know, either to another brother, to the Lord, yeah. or, you know, I'm going to be honest about the war that's yes. going on inside of me. I, man, I talked with the guy not long ago. This, I, it's, I mean, it's, it sounds awful, but it was actually a beautiful presence of God moment where, uh, and, and he, he literally came, he's a single guy and he literally came to me and a past girlfriend. So he's given his heart to the Lord now, single yeah. guy, past girlfriend. He was very sexually active with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's like, literally pastor Mike, I'm dying inside. I really, really want to be intimate again right, right, with right. this person. And, uh, I, I need help. Yeah. And, uh, and I, it makes me emotional. Like I just thought in that moment, this guy's basically confessing to me that his, you know, his hormones are off the charts. Yeah. He's feeling yeah. desire stronger yeah. than he has in a long time. And I feel lonely and I really want to connect. Yeah. And he's confessing all this to me. Yeah. And, uh, m- my first thought was, thank you for being honest. Yeah. Not just to me, but even before the Lord. Yes. And so let's talk about that. Yep. Let's talk about those feelings and, and what does it mean to honor God? They're going to yeah. come and go. That's right. What does it mean to honor God in this? Yeah. Uh, the other thing that comes to my mind too, to answer the question directly. So I'll say it again. How do we align our feelings with God? Um, remember, remember so much of the Bible and its grand metaphor is agrarian. Mm-hmm. And so like... Yeah, that's good formation. That's right. It's just yeah. time. Yeah. You are going to plant yourself by the, you know, the the, the river of life that's in right. a sense. Psalm 1, yeah. That's right. And drink deep of it. Yes. And eventually those, you're going to get a sapling of a right yeah. feeling. Yeah. And that sapling is going to grow into a smaller tree and yes. then it's going to grow big. And you will, I mean... 
Time and faithfulness will shape feelings. Yeah, uh, James Smith, uh, there is no formation without repetition. So as you engage in what you know is right, yeah, the feelings can follow. I I think of, too, my grandfather, my late grandfather. He is now uh, passed away, but wonderful pastor, man of God. He used to say to us, the conscience has to be educated. That's good. And yeah, and that's crazy because sometimes we think of my intuition, my conscience, like, the Holy Spirit does speak through our conscience. That's very true. But our grid, our yeah. intuition, our emotions, all of those still have to be trained and educated. Yeah. And that's really part of our Christian journey. Right. And man, and I think it's even too, back to the illustration I used with that that uh, young adult, the single young adult, our feelings and our biology and our mm-hmm. make—it is all a complex system. It really together. is. And um, and there are times we have feelings, like so. He would say, "I have a feeling for this sexual desire." That feeling is not sin. Yeah, that's right. Right, like it, it, he biologically is made. Yeah. To so we we uh, I think the enemy wants really bad to heap mountains of shame yes. on people who have this perspective that my feeling isn't in alignment yet right. or I'm, or my biology and seasons yeah. of life or health yeah. issues or mental health. Yeah. And so I think, I think with this, in all honesty, the confession side is important. I mean, yeah. being honest about who you are before the Lord, seeking help in good Christian community yeah. and planting yourself by the truth. And over time, yeah. I just really believe this time yeah. and faithfulness to the truth, it will shape your feelings. Yeah, that's right. My friend uh, Daniel Reif, he uh, worked on a dissertation and he translated confession just in a modern way as saying, tell the truth. And so like, oh, that's get good. with I God like and tell the truth. Yeah. Like, you know, that's really, that will, that helps us all is to get our feelings out in the presence of God. Yeah, man. And, and this whole idea of faithfulness biblically is less of a feeling. That's something we've imposed on the word more and it's more of a promise to future that's action. That's right. <laughs> And so it's like <laughs> faith it, is faithfulness. That's right. Yeah. It's in the word, but somehow we've imposed all this. Like yes. my emotions have to be. In right. It. So uh, as, as weird as this sounds, if you're in a season where you're struggling to your, your feelings are off with somebody that you're mad at or not feeling like going to church or not right. feeling like being faithful in your marriage, not feeling yes. like honoring God with your money. But you do anyways, you plant yourself yes. anyways, you do in that moment, you do what's right over how you feel, right. not ignoring what you feel, mm-hmm. but over how you feel in that moment, you plant yourself well. I think sometimes those are, though it feels like you're off, I mm-hmm. think some of those are the most beautiful offerings that yeah. we can offer to the Lord. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, this is maybe taking the word too far, but in a sense, it's a type of asceticism. You know, I'm going to deny my feelings from being the prime right. compass. right. Um, and right. I'm going to align myself with that that truth. So I guess yeah. my initial thought is time and faithfulness to truth, it will shape your feelings. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I would say too is, hey, I'm not mad at you and I don't think you're in sin because your feelings aren't always where... Yeah, you don't have to shame yourself or feel shame for... Yeah, having feelings. Feelings are more of a reflection of probably our formation, yeah. you know, and what has happened or we have done in our past. Um, and their their directions, they're they they're going to change. Yep, that's exactly right. And so, and I would just say, in the variance of this question, and most of them landed on the assumption they didn't explicitly say this, but the implicit idea in this in this statement is that they are aligned with God, and their feelings aren't there yet. Right. So I just want to pause and say. Praise God yeah. that you're committing yeah. to truth and planting yourself in his word. Yeah, Keep at it. Keep having yeah. honest conversations with others yeah. and with God about what yeah. you feel and where your heart's at. Right. 
and right. plant yourself by his his word yeah and, and let it do let the power of god do what the power of god yeah. can only do it, last thing because it's so good is just thinking about like you know i i'm not smart enough to define this totally precisely as it needs to be and some theology professors could do but i know the garden of gethsemane did not feel good yeah, you know, right, 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 yeah. And there is no shame in that. And he is very honest as a model of offering our feelings to the Father to say, yeah. like, I don't like this. I don't feel good about this. You know, oh. yeah, and that's that's what we should do. Yeah, Jesus was not in sin when he said, Father, no. let this cut pass from me. Yeah. He yeah. was not in sin no. for saying that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's absolutely right. Or for yeah. feeling pain or disorientation of betrayal of friends or right. any of that. Weeping of that over is wrong. Jerusalem when he yeah. rides in and his, com- I mean, yeah, yes, that's it's absolutely all, right. It is all okay. And we can join with him in doing the same thing, offering our feelings to the father and, and still doing what's right. He didn't, he turned his face toward Jerusalem, you know, whatever he kept going yeah. even through the cross season, though that did not feel good. That's right. Feelings make great messengers, mm-hmm. but poor masters. Mm-hmm. And so to my friends that are heavily Western, modern, your feelings are not the enemy. You're not trying to become Vulcan, (laughs) right? You're not. Uh, They are wonderful tools to help us experience life in in beautiful ways. I mean, it adds to the the breadth, the complexity Mm -hmm. of life. But on the same hand, they are not your master. Um, They make wonderful messengers, poor masters. Yeah, that's good. Okay, second question. How do you manage harmony in hard situations? How do you manage mm. harmony in hard situations? So, man, okay, let's see. Probably a good way to start this. A number of things come to mind, mm-hmm. but a good way to start it is uh, one thing that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Right. And so I don't know if you want to share that. Or do you yeah, sure. You? I, I was thinking as you mentioned this is like when we say manage harmony, we might be thinking that we... There's something we could do to make other people be in harmony with us. Yeah. And just the recognition that even I think it's Paul who says, like, to the best of your ability, you know, be at peace with all people. So even he it's acknowledged in the Bible that we can't control that. And there are situations where we have done all that we can and they are still. Disun- disharmonious, however you want to say it, ununified. It isn't good, you know? Yeah. And so we're, we're feeling that discord or um, how you said it Sunday, dissonance. dissonance. Yeah. yeah, we're feeling that dissonance in that relationship. So there may be situations where you can't force that. That's right. The uh, Well, I, and I, I think it's important to ask the question, maybe on behalf of these people that asked variants of mm-hmm. this, so how do you manage harmony in hard situations? I think it's important to ask the question before we get into even the guts of it, because I think you're spot on, is what am I responsible for? Right, right. Right, so, which is exactly what you're talking about. You know, what am I responsible? Am I responsible for uh, other people's right responses? Yeah. Um, that would ultimately make this situation yeah. harmonious. I mean, great examples. I mean, I remember sitting down with a, a guy a number of years ago, I mean, just emotional before me, his, his wife, had left him and he's like, I would do anything to save my family, anything to save my family. And she's just mm. not having it. She's out yeah. the door. And, um, and so there you go. Really hard situation. Yeah. No harmony. I mean, yeah. very, very much yeah. in disharmony, dissonance, you know, between, right. uh, and so what is he, is he in sin? Now 
every divorce is complex, yeah. right? So yeah. I'm not going to say all good one, all right, bad the right, other. Right. They're all complex situations. Uh, but his desire to make harmony for a person to sing in harmony, whether mm. it's a trio, a quartet, or a whole choir, the people have to choose to participate. Yeah. Yeah. Even hearing you say that, uh, I feel like just even listening to you say that, I'm thinking of so many people in our congregation or people who may listen to this. Um, that's probably something the enemy has used to cause shame you right. know, for a lot of people. 100% right. Is like, you should have done this so that this person would have done this. And, you know, there's always like the enemy tries to take variants of what's true and then add a ton of shame to yep, it. That's right. Because, you know, there are areas we can grow. There are areas where we, t- you know, confess to the Lord that we, we've done wrong and we, you know, want to change our lives. But I think it is good for us to just acknowledge and maybe even take a second to pray just for people who would feel that shame and who the enemy has tried to tell you know tell them you know they're undeserving of love because of something so maybe we just take a second and even offer this to god i love it (laughs) i think it's a good idea i mean and just and so to say it super bullet clear um there are people i know that i have worked with it's like they don't want to go into a church or they don't want to come before or they don't want to go back to a small group because something fell apart in their life a a massive disharmony they bear the shame of it and in in what in fact in the situation that's in my mind they did not choose it right and so they bear a false shame yeah um, yeah so if that's you let's take a second we'll just we want to pray for you you and can just, pray for him do it yeah re- receive that like God we thank you for the ways that you are always working to redeem situations that we're in and we thank you that we can truly um, cast our cares on you we can truly cast even the wrong that we've done onto you and say God it is it is your um, redemption. It's your job to save. It's your job to heal. It's your job to restore. And so any way where the enemy has tried to cause shame to um, people, we pray that you would speak your truth and you would speak your love and you would just remove that condemnation off of it and help us to know truly what we can do and the things that are beyond our control. Help us to have wisdom to see that so that we can hear your voice of truth and your voice of love and not the voice of the enemy. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That's right. So like, what are you, I I love that. What are you responsible for? You cannot be responsible for everybody else's decision to participate. Right. Yep. Um, You can be responsible for your willingness to engage. Yeah. And so there are situations where um, maybe even the Holy Spirit prompts us to have a conversation or pursue unity and then the people do respond and there's a restoration and there is harmony. And I think that's probably what Paul means when it's like to the best of your ability as it depends on you. So maybe someone has come to you seeking reconciliation. We don't turn that away. Yeah. You know, we we humble ourselves and that's let right. go of our pride and, and seek that. I mean, with, I, I'm, I'm jumping the gun a bit, not this coming Sunday, but the Sunday after I'm going to talk about this which is like there are situations like love honors. honors. Mm. There are situations where honor in its purest form is impossible. Right. It's, it's just, it's not there. Right. Your job is not to make others honor well. You, you just, you can help them do it yeah. and you can hurt them from doing it, but your prime job, so it's not that you bear no responsibility yeah. always, but your prime job is to honor the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, man, in these complex situations, um, you work to honor the Lord. Yeah. 
That's yep. it. And sometimes yep. honoring the Lord will not produce the external harmony that you wish yeah. you could get. Yeah. But you honor the Lord and yeah. um, and and receive His grace and know that you know the the effect of this is not all in your hands. Yeah. The image that comes to my mind um, is just like a river, you yeah. know, and God. God is flowing in in a direction, you know, and his way is towards what is right and towards what is good. And we flow with him, you know, we move in that direction. And there are people who are, you know, upstream to that and are standing in the way of that. Um, People who, yeah, won't won't reconcile, won't forgive, those kind of things. But as Christians, we say we will do that. We will choose to be at peace. We will choose to reconcile. We'll choose uh, to deny ourselves, humility, those things. And... To the best of our ability, we move with God's way. Yeah. But that, yeah, that doesn't mean that there won't be people who don't. Yeah, that's right. And so I just, I I think you're right. I think in this, how do we manage harmony in hard situations? Well, first of all, you're working to honor the Lord. Yeah. Um, And so keep doing that, even if there's not harmony in the moment with all the people that are present. Yeah. You make sure between you and God you yeah. are working to have harmony. Yes. And uh, and the Lord, we pray, is doing that with these other individuals yeah. in their pace, in their time, and yes. in God's unique way. Yeah, and he is working even when we can't see it. And ultimately, he is bringing harmony. You know, he's making all things beautiful right. and all things good. So we, we can trust him with the places yeah. where there's nothing we can do. Yeah, and just pausing and going, okay, uh, the shame that I might feel that's yeah. inhibiting me from participating in a greater harmony with others. Yeah. Because that happens. That's right, yeah. Where it's like shame because of an embarrassment over a divorce right. or over a financial situation yeah. or over an addiction that you gave into again. Right. Or like whatever, that all that disharmony. Um, man, the enemy will use that to prevent you from right. walking in harmony, future harmony with yeah. people that do want to have it with you. Yeah, that's right. It can just stall you. It's non-productive. That's it makes right. us focus on ourselves. It's just not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it, man. Yeah. And so you work to honor the Lord. You work to honor yeah. the Lord and, um, and let the effect, the grand effect, yeah. let the harm, the, the people's choice to participate in forgiveness and har- making harmonious yep. right things before God. Let God deal with that in their hearts. Yeah, that's and right. And you honor the Lord. Yeah. Um, is good. Okay, is that, do we feel good with that question? Yeah, I think I think that's great. <laughs> All right, is competition, this is kind of more of a fun one, so we can end on something a little a little more fun here. <laughs> is competition, this is referencing the C.S. Lewis quote where it talks about pride. Uh, you know, it's the competition and pride. Yeah, And yeah, we just yeah. had a few people. And honestly, when I was reading through the questions, uh, I think I think it was more in jest than anything <laughs> yeah. else, kind of just a fun thing. So that's cool. Uh, but it did come up, and I thought it was fun, and why not? So is competition bad? Is competition bad? Mm. Um, I don't know. I actually think I'm going to look. I wasn't going to do this, but I think I'm going to. I'm going to look up the actual quote, the Lewis yeah. quote, while you're giving yeah, your initial yeah. thoughts. Well, yeah. As, as I'm thinking, in comp- is competition bad? I guess... What comes to my mind is the different ways that we define or think of competition. Yeah. And I've thought of this before is like, could you play sports in heaven? Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. Or is it like, no, sports are competition. That is abolished. It's it's gone in heaven. You know? And I think how it, I guess the distillation of this in my mind, the smallest way I can think about it clearly is wherever you can't desire the good of the other person that's not that's not right because yeah. that's against charity right charity yeah. and love is us desiring the good of the other yeah. so 
competition in the way where it is similar to pride is like, I don't want you to succeed. I want to beat you. Yeah. That, yeah, that goes away. And that, that seems evil to me. Yeah. But where it's like, Hey, we're going to run a race in heaven. And then if you win, I say, man, you did great. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Like that. Yep. Right. So here's the Lewis quote, right? Which um, if you've been in the church for very long, I'm sure you've heard this in a few <laughs> sermons. It's pretty well known. Uh, Lewis says, pride gets no pleasure out of having something, mm. only out of having more of it than the next man. Uh, we say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good looking, but they are not. They are proud of being richer or cleverer or better looking than others. Mm. If everyone else becomes equally rich or clever or good looking, there would be nothing to be proud about. It is the comparison that makes you proud, the yeah. pleasure of being above the rest. Once the element of competition has gone, pride has gone. Yeah. And so inevitably three people yeah. or five or whatever grab yeah. next steps cards are like, oh, come on now. Is there no competition in <laughs> yeah. the kingdom of God? Well, here's a cool example. So, I have I have I some friends it. who have a competition yeah. in their uh, discipleship group of yeah. who can give more. And I guarantee... They're not upset if someone beats them. Yeah. You know, they're thinking, awesome, you gave more. So it's like a, a form of competition that is still desiring the good of the other. Yeah. And like, I think that's very possible. But yeah. the kind of competition you and C.S. Lewis are talking about is, yeah, I, I, want, yeah, I want to be better than you, higher than you. Yeah. We, so, I mean, the difficulty, there are things I personally think, this is Mike not saith the Lord, but <laughs> Mike thinking, um, there are things that I believe it's like we have inserted instead of being able to see people as unique and different. Yeah. We as humans are always wanting to put hierarchy in our uniqueness. Mm-hmm. So now it's not that like God made, uh, you know, person X, a really good scholar right. and God made person Y, a really good business person yeah. and God made person C somebody with uh, Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do in our culture is we want to put hierarchy to all those things. Yeah, worth, value. That's right. So now the doctor, whoever, is mm-hmm. most important. Yeah. Or the businessman is like, no, function and economy, that's most important, yeah. and you serve me. And the Down syndrome person, we just pity them. Yeah. So right. we are always inserting hierarchy into uniqueness. Yeah, that's right. So like I think we just have to first pause and go our natural inclination is want to insert hierarchy. So now yeah. it's not this is my team, but it's my team makes me inherently better than you. Yes. In every way. So that that natural bend for hierarchy bleeds into everything that we do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So now competition is an innocent. It is yeah. literally we are competing to see who's more worthy yeah or has greater worth than the other person yeah the word you used on sunday i really liked was posturing and it's kind of sizing up each other on a value or worth scale and the best of and the intention of of christianity really is that we we just don't even engage in that we recognize the worth of every person already so that's not something we need to size up yeah like is this person worthy of my love and time you know we don't even need to do that yeah Um, based on their profession or their looks or whatever how good they are at throwing a ball into the least of these you've done to me the sheep and the goats exactly many illustrations yeah yeah and so we're we're skipping that altogether and just getting to like what does this person need how can can I help them? All yeah. of that. Yeah, that's right. And so I think fun 
is different than like having fun and getting together oh, yeah. and playing is different than when when, when and it, it, it seeps in when it seeps in that hierarchy of worth and it seeps in right. the value. And I think we also have to be honest to two other things that come to mind. Uh, our Western culture, there are some things like money is another one. Mm-hmm. So competition and money are two things. They're not inherently evil. We do not know how <laughs> yeah. to do abundance well. Oh, yeah. Whenever, I mean, it's so yeah. easy for us to do abundance in a way that makes me either, it's either envy or boasting. Yeah. Um, I think, I personally think very, 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 very <laughs> few Christians have the capacity to live abundance without doing so in a way that slips into envy or boasting. Yeah. Yeah. Which really is asking, what does this have to do with me? It's bringing me into the equation. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, this weird, awkward situation comes to mind of two of my friends and they're both businessmen, very successful. Yeah. They will never listen to this. So it's fine. But, uh, one of them told the other about a raise they got and the other one truly like turned red. And it was like this weird moment of like, awkward. yeah, this is awkward. Cause like they're now, comp- you could feel the comparison. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dang it. That's, that's no good. Yeah, <laughs> man. And so it's, it is a, I mean, I go, I go back. I, I, I haven't decided. I have this as one of my possible illustrations for a sermon. So <laughs> you might hear this again. Uh, but uh, it goes back to like Lewis in his Paralandra. I think yeah. it's Paralandra or Out of the Silent Planet. It's one of his, one of his space trilogy books where he basically goes to a planet that has not fallen into sin yet. So it's yeah, in yeah, Eden. Yeah. It's in its yeah. Eden stage. Yeah. Like a, Fiction story. Yeah, a fiction Eden. story. Yes, yeah. a fiction, uh, a made-up fiction story. C.S. Lewis wrote it, um, where they this guy goes to a planet and it's in its Eden stage, and the the Satan, the liar, mm-hmm. is trying to deceive Eve. And one of the things that he initially gives her is a mirror. Mm-hmm. And so, like for the first time, Eve now thinks of the world as it relates to how it affects her mm-hmm. beauty and her and how people yeah. see her and how she's. Yeah. And so the difficulty with competition is if you had competition that could remove the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It would be this innocent, fun. Yeah. Nobody, in a sense, you could be faster and I don't lose my worth. Absolutely. It doesn't um, reflect anything on me. That's right. It doesn't reflect. <laughs> I'm not lesser of a human because you ran faster Absolutely. than me. Absolutely. Uh, and that's why competition is not inherently evil, but it is really hard in our modern Western world right. to not let our value seep in oh, yeah. that poison it. Yeah. Um, that's my initial thought. My second thing that comes along with this too is let's just be honest about culture as a whole. Um, like our whole Western civilization, free market mentality, we compete even with businesses, which oh, yeah. by the way, I think it's important to do in some yeah, ways. Yeah. Um, but like my goal is that I figure out a way to do business more streamlined, yeah. even better, better product. And I want to beat all the others out. Yeah. Right. And and by beat out, I literally mean I overtake all that you own, yeah. the clients that you had, the yeah. money that you made. It's now mine. Yeah. We're all in a race to do this over the other mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And that Western massive civil mindset just seeps into everything we do. <laughs> yep, it does. It's hard to get away from that. It's in the air that we breathe where we're trying to measure the people who are more valuable to society, who are worth more, who are worthy of more. Yep. 
Yeah. Yep. And 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 there's two sides to that coin because then the flip side of it is we have the vices and virtues on the other side. So it's like laziness. Yeah. So if you take away that right. competition, survival necessity competition, right. would we actually continue to innovate just for the fun of it? Right. Or could we race or be the best whatever, right. literally just for the inerrant joy of doing it? Yeah. And the answer we see in history is no. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you have we have vice virtue, multiple yeah. vices yeah. that are competing with each other in all of this. And so I do think yep. things like the free market, not to get too much into the yeah. this— I think the free market is a necessary thing because of other vices. Yeah. But I think in its purest form, competing to run other things into the ground. Oh yeah. In yeah. its purest form is not ideal. Yeah. So we. But it have, is necessary. Yeah. In we our could have world. something on, in a fallen world on the earth that that is uh, help for us or or necessary for us that won't exist in heaven. Right. You know, That's and totally in heaven right. people are. Uh, in front of God and motivated right. for to do good for God and others. That's right. And, yeah. And, man, and you see this even with the competition. Like I have five kids, right? So with my little children, when they're really, really young, before the air, the water, the ethos of this world is because <laughs> at a young age, it starts to seep in yeah. and you compete with them. They don't feel like they've lost their worth. Mm-hmm. But at about two, three years old, at that young of an age, it already begins to sink into them. When I lose this game, I'm losing more than just this game. Right. And they get defensive and they start cheating and they figure out because at a very young age, I'm telling you, it is just competition is not inherently evil, but boy, like money, we just don't know how to do it well in this yeah. fallen world. Yeah, and the en- I mean, the enemy's jumping on anything he can. So yeah. you lose a game and the enemy's saying, well, you're not smart. Right. You're whatever. Right. Everyone's better than you. And and really just making you think of you. That's right. It's the mirror. It's <laughs> yeah. Lewis's mirror. Yeah. That's right. So if you're in a class and uh, you're competing for the best grade and somebody else gets a better grade, yeah. you don't drive home going, that's cool that they knew that or they thought yeah, of that or they memorize it. You drive home going... Who am I? Yeah. What does what that am, say about me? That's right. Yeah. Right. And so that's the underbelly of all this. Yeah. And it's just fodder for the enemy to work in yeah. because our hearts are so um, perverted with sin. Yeah. And Tim Keller's language is the freedom of self-forgetfulness is that it's a really wonderful free thing to be like, yeah, that that doesn't say anything about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Self, yeah. Selflessness <laughs> is not thinking less about your or selflessness right. is not thinking uh, less about yourself, like yes. I'm terrible, I'm awful, or humility is not thinking yeah. about yourself, like I'm terrible, I'm awful, I'm it's thinking about yourself less. It's about it's thinking about yourself less yeah. often, yes. getting you out of the center of your own story. Yeah, that's right, right. Yeah. God, and that's a true freedom. It really is. It is. <laughs> I mean, God is. We talked about this. Go back and listen to the sermons. Yeah. God is the only being who can say, "Everybody, look at me." Mm-hmm. And it actually brings peace and joy and hope and wholeness. Yeah, because even God in himself is three persons who are pointing to the other. He is Trinity. Yeah, which is beautiful that you talked about for a moment, the perichoresis, the yeah. glory sharing. Yeah. It's like the Trinity are, are pointing to the other one in love, yeah. always deferring, which yeah. is amazing. So even God saying, look at me, is still the Father saying, look at the Son. Yeah. And the Son, look at the Spirit. And the Spirit, look That's at the right. Father. So I would say if you're going to compete, which you will, and we do in our own home, we do card games and play games and race and have fun. Just as you compete, also be intentional about maintaining the inerrant value of all that. Yeah. You don't have to say all win equally. Not everybody has to be the same speed. Right. (laughs) Not everybody has to be the same intelligence or get the same grades. Uh, Uniqueness is wonderful. Yep. But as you are 
pointing out uniquenesses, even in competition, make sure to also, because our world is so fallen, make sure to also elevate uh, that they are not losing worth if they don't have a certain uniqueness that you're pointing out, be it speed or the game or luck. That's good. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, yeah. I think of belonging even it's like that. It doesn't dictate belonging. That doesn't dictate worth. Ooh, that's, that's, that's That's right. So man, anything else? Sounds good to me. All right. Let's I love go. it. You guys are awesome. I really want you to know that. I love that you're listening. And I, I just found out more of you are participating than I even realized. And so thank you so much for joining the podcast. Make sure to listen to the sermons too, because these do work as um, kind of a left and right foot mm-hmm. of walking. Um, this is supposed to fill out some of the mm-hmm. things that are happening in the services. And the last thing I would say too is um, in all of this intellectual learning please hear me clearly. The core of our church is not a history class. Mm -hmm. Like we believe these truths of the Bible are real and they really change your life and they really will, will shape you into man, the kind of person that can enjoy God for forever and, uh, and participate in humanity in its fullest. We believe life to the full through this. And so, Thanks for joining us. If you have other questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, Join us on Sunday mornings if you can live. If you're with us digitally, that's cool too. We'd love you. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you.